1: podcast i'm your host mike broadbent joining me once again is my co-host richie schneiderite rich it's another day of good news bad news uh good news is Rutgers has a commitment uh, in the transfer portal uh their fourth transfer portal commitment this time from a long snapper uh this is a long snapper coming in from byu um his name's escaped me for some reason at the moment austin riggs yep uh he is originally from idaho he ended up at byu um Bad news is uh, we lost our linebackers coach today in Corey Heatherman. Corey Heatherman is moving on to become the defensive coordinator at the University of Minnesota. So Minnesota and Rutgers continue to have this weird, uh, you know, connected at the hip or flip flop. And this Heatherman apparently was the player to be named later in this uh, series of trades they've done. So let's just talk about that first. Is there a bad thing when programs are elevating your assistants, especially programs that are, you know, comparable to you? So it shouldn't be seen as a bad thing, but Heather, Heatherman is a good, is a great coach. You know, we've talked about how good the linebackers have been under him and how much development we've seen from guys like Motore going from, you know, a guy really without a position as this hybrid edge rusher linebacker guy to a really good, you know, off-ball stand-up stand up linebacker, uh, Tyreen Powell, Developed from, you know, just a very raw athlete to one of the best linebackers in the Big Ten. And Deion Jennings, that he squeezed every ounce of talent out of that guy. Um, so Just talk about what Rutgers is losing in Heatherman, uh, because I, I think it is a, a big blow, but it's also a, a good thing, like I said, because you'll be able to attract better candidates in the future, you know, selling that they could have upward mobility at Rutgers.
0: yeah. No. For sure, he um he was a great coach. I thought he really did a lot with a linebacker unit that in 2022 specifically. It had seven career starts. Um, going into that season, you lost Mohammed Toure to an ACL. You lost Moses Walker to an ACL. And, and honestly, I there was a big question marks about that unit. There was only three scholarship healthy scholarship players at linebacker going into 2022 uh and he made the best of it too um he turned like you said tyreen powell is now a certified nfl draft prospect i think he probably could have left this year he had such a good year obviously the injury he suffered kind of played a little factor in that um but he's coming back huge Deion jennings is now a legitimate nfl prospect if you asked me two years ago is deon jennings gonna make the nfl i probably would have laughed at you now i'm looking and i'm like this guy actually has a legitimate shot he had a hell of a year back-to-back years i should say um in a role where i really didn't think he'd be that successful. Um, he came in as a DB and he turned him into a legitimate linebacker. Um, his two best years where he was back to back All Big Ten honorable mention. Um, and then Muhammad Toure, who was, was an edge rusher in twenty twenty one, missed twenty twenty two, kind of didn't really have a He had a weird role going into the season. He filled in for um Tyrone when Tyrone Powell went down, very uh, almost perfect kind of. Um, he played great as a linebacker. He kind of he still played some edge rusher at times. But uh, he he was a semifinalist for the comeback player of the year and all Big Ten fourth team for uh, Phil Steele. So I mean, this unit was completely turned around with him, and it went from a unit that was probably near the bottom of the team, probably the bottom of the defense, honestly, to arguably the top of the defense. That was such a good unit over the past two seasons.
1: Yeah, it really did turn a uh, pretty big weakness to a pretty big strength on the team. Yeah. Um, and, and like you said, it was so commendable to be able to produce at such a high level with so little to work with last year. And then this year, mm-hmm. the unit took even even bigger, even bigger jump having three really good linebackers in some young guys behind him. Um, mm-hmm. Where do you think Rutgers goes now? Obviously they've, you know, they've got possibly two positions open on the defensive staff now, because we're not really mm-hmm. sure if Marquise Watson will be able to return. How do you see this defensive staff coming together now that Heatherman is left?
0: That's where it's going to get really interesting because just looking at linebacker stuff alone, like you have a lot of guys on staff currently that have linebacker experience, coaching experience specifically. Um, Charlie Noonan is the one I'm keeping a really close eye on because he's already been on the road recruiting. Um, He was kind of filling in while they had like an open spot for that one recruiting role um, with with Marquise not being there. And uh, Pat Flaherty doesn't really go on the road recruiting that much, so they kind of had two open spots. So they're kind of just rotating in guys here and there we saw Scott Malone on the road kind of filling in as that O-line recruiter. We saw Charlie Noonan on the road kind of filling in as a, just a defensive recruiter in general. He's got some really good ties to that New England area. So it's, it's not too crazy to uh, to throw his name out there. He was already working with the linebackers as a quality control coach. So he knows the room. He's been very familiar with it. He's been with Rutgers since 2000, or 2020 when Greg uh, Sciano came back. And he's, he's a Scarlet Knight too. So it makes a lot of sense um, from that standpoint. And... His one year as linebackers coach at Liberty the, in 2019, um, it was a, he had a second team All American and a first team All Patriot League guy, and uh, Keith Wotzel, if I pronounce that correctly, he had 118 tackles, 12 sacks, and 17 and a half tackles for loss. So like he he knows what he's doing. Um, obviously a different level, but he's been here long enough that I, I think you could be comfortable promoting him. Um, two other, another guy that's on staff currently that would be a really good in-house hire would be, uh, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong cause I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but Jared Keite, Kite, Kite, I don't know. Um, Kite, it might even be Kite, K-Y-T-E maybe. Um, he's, was Rucker's interim D-line coach, but he was a quality control coach prior to, uh, I shouldn't even say prior to, he actually joined the staff and then immediately got like pretty much, uh, promoted to interim D-line coach. I'm filling in for Marquise Watson. He's worked with Harris Simiak before. He spent he worked at Rutgers before in 2015 as a QC linebackers QC under Kyle Flood. He spent um one to uh, 2016 to 2022 at Maine between doing linebackers, outside linebackers, special teams, safeties, defensive coordinator for a year or two. Um, and he's been with Harris Simiak forever now. The two went to Springfield or coached Springfield together back in what was it 2013, 2014, something like that. Um, and he he's already been promoted, kind of too, like in that intern role at D line coach. So it would kind of make sense, maybe. And you actually speculated this before we started recording, but put him at linebackers coach, and then go find a defensive line coach because there's a lot of big name defensive line coaches out there. Um, but those are the two in house hires I'm looking at, and then my favorite on our list, at least currently, is Tim Tim. No, Tim Tim Lubaku Lukabu Lukabu. That's how it's pronounced. Um, I actually looked that one up, and I still got it wrong. Uh, he's the Carolina Panthers outside linebackers coach. Spent time at Rutgers from 06 to 07 as director of player development, 2010 to 2011 as outside linebackers coach. Went with Greg to uh, Tampa Bay as a defensive assistant for two years. Proceeded to go back to college, went to Colgate, Florida International, San Francisco 49ers QC. Spent time in the SEC with Mississippi State as linebackers coach. The linebackers coach the Cincinnati Bengals. Boston college defensive coordinator for three years. Like stop me when I think this is enough experience. Cause this is a, this would be the home run hire of the group in my opinion. That's a lot. That was mouthful.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, he's a, he's a guy who obviously Rutgers had on staff in the past under Craig. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense. Um, and I can't imagine he's going to be kept on by whoever the new staff yeah. ends up being in Carolina. So he will um, be without a job. So if he wants to, I know a lot of coaches when they, Eventually, make the jump from college to the pros. They tend to stick there, and you can look at somebody like Anthony Campanelli for that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he was rumored to be the, the Rutgers DC, same thing with Michigan. Then he I ends up
0: listing him too.
1: Yeah, then he ends up but. becoming the Miami DC, and he hasn't ever, you know, even it, I haven't heard his name speculated since. You look at a guy like Darren Rizzi, who was a longtime coordinator under Shiano, he's been mm-hmm. in the NFL now for 20 years. Um, guys tend to just kind of enjoy that life more because while it is a grind in season, uh, you actually do have some time in the off season to, to kind of regather yourself. Whereas in college, it's all about recruiting. You're moving right from the season to spring practice. And there's just a lot more of a time commitment in college than the NFL uh, Uh, year round, at least.
0: Like, I I mean, Um, linebackers like Campanelli, like he's the linebackers coach for Miami. I thought about him, but I'm like, "Mm, (laughs) no, Rizzy, like you said, loves the NFL. He's good at what he does um phil Guyano is another guy who like it just he's coached every position basically in college football mm-hmm. uh he wh- these guys get to the nfl and him specifically i could i could speak from knowing for a fact they love it there they just don't want to go back no one wants to recruit to be honest it's
1: mm-hmm. it is a
0: and now with the portal and everything it's just more than a day job it's like a 365 24 uh, 7 a year job like it's just yeah, a yes to be honest
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's, and you have to recruit your own team constantly too (laughs) with the the portal as well. So it's not getting any any easier for these colleges um, by any means. Um, So are you hearing anything else regarding the staff? Or I know it just happened a couple hours ago. So,
0: no, nothing at the moment. Um, They're going to take their time with this one, it seems like. They're, they're, it's a weird period right now where you kind of don't really need anyone on staff. You can wait until like later in the month when, uh,
1: Well, that's true and it's not true. Like the, the transfer portal, yeah. you know, we have about probably a week left. I, I know that Rutgers classes start in about a week uh, from mm-hmm. the spring semester, but I know that we're looking and I know that there's probably also ways for the, the staff to get around these dates, but I think the last day to add classes is the 24th. So you're really kind of closing in on the, uh, you know, the end of the line for adding transfers yeah. for the spring.
0: Well, let me rephrase that, I guess, a little bit. Because even if they do put Jarrett, um Kite to linebacker's coach and you have an opening mm-hmm. a D D-line coach, I don't really think they're going to add either position via the portal. I think they're done at D-line now that they got their tackle. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't see them adding a linebacker because their linebacker group's all returning pretty much. So it's a pretty damn good group still. You don't really need one. So I don't think there's any rush, I should say, for a linebacker's coach currently they're not going to host high school kids until the end of the month on the 28th when they have their junior day. Um, so you really don't need anyone until then specifically. But I think between that and the AFCA um, coaches convention currently going on from the 7th to the 10th, I think you do some interviews, you reach out, see, see what the interest is. Because maybe yeah. like um, you might even have guys probably reaching out saying like, Hey, like, is that D line spot open? Hey, is, if that's open or I could, I could coach linebackers too. Like I could do that. And, I'm sure the interest is going to be through the roof because this is not just a big 10 program. It's a big 10 program that has proven they're going to pay and they're proven that they can get you to the next level as well, especially on defense.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, like you said that, that <clears> the <throat> AFC uh, coaching convention is always huge for uh, all coaches of all levels. And that's currently mm-hmm. ongoing. So there's a reason why this announcement came today. Cause he probably interviewed either yesterday or today for the job. Yeah. Um, So let's move on. Uh, We got a commitment from a long snapper. Um, You might remember last year we took a scholarship long snapper in Jake Eldridge, who was supposed to be the number one high school rated long snapper. don't really know how they really judge that, but that's what he was ranked as. The year before that, we took, uh, I forget what his name is, Billy Taylor's brother. uh, High school. Zach Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor, the the scholarship long snapper out of high school. Neither of those guys seemingly are working out because you don't tend to take scholarship long snapper three years in a row, but here we are. So Austin Riggs, one year of eligibility left. Mm -hmm. He's an older kid, 6'4", 230. Uh, He was the long snapper for BYU, I believe, the last four years. Um, He took a mission as well. Um, He goes to BYU, so most people who go there are Mormon, so that's typically what you do. So he is an older Mm guy. Um, Talk about how this kind of came together, because this seemed a little bit out of left field.
0: Uh, Yeah, so they they literally just started looking into the portal for long snappers, and it kind of just came together rather quickly. They found a guy that has um, 40 games played, or 40 games snapped, games played, I guess we could say played. Um, And he was was pretty good at it. Um, Eddie Allen is the unofficial official special teams coordinator for Rutgers. I say that because they don't have one as one of the 10 staff members that can travel, but he's the guy that's in charge. He's... um, the former, he was UConn special teams coordinator. He was with Greg at Tampa, blah, blah, blah. He was at, at Rutgers previously. Uh, he just kind of identified him, and it, it kind of just went pretty quickly from there. Um, I can't imagine there's a ton of long snappers in the portal. Maybe there is. Maybe I don't know about them. But uh, it's it's an interesting kid for the sole fact that not just um, he's never been on the East Coast uh, because he's he's from Idaho. He's He went to BYU. His dad went to BYU. His sister's at, or not sister, I'm sorry, his brother's at, at uh, BYU. Brothers brother's supposed to be the, the new long snapper for them. Um, it's just interesting that like he's just making this complete like journey to go to Rutgers, but I mean, they've proven that they, they're pretty good at long snappers. Right, well, hit or miss, I guess, at long snappers, because Billy Taylor was, was getting NFL tryouts and stuff, and rookie minicamps and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess the kid's pretty good. I mean, he recovered a fumble, um, setting up BYU's touchdown win against Cincinnati this past year. I think it was his first career fumble. Um, and if, if you watch the team last year, some of these snaps were just brutal. Like yeah. Patel's first um, field goal attempt, I think he missed it against Northwestern. If you watch the snap, you see how low it was? Like it, It's bad. Like there, there was a lot of dribblers. And shout out to uh, the holder, because I don't even know who it was. I think it was Michael O'Connor. Was it O'Connor? I think it was O'Connor. Um, but whoever the holder was, man, that give that guy credit because <laughs> handle these. These are some hard snaps and yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of ground balls. Like it's and it's not a good sign when you have like you said, having three scholarship long in three years. So Yep. But good addition, and they're gonna try to help fix the special teams.
1: Yeah, and it's just kind of goes along with the theme of the offseason where it seems like Greg has made it a point that Anywhere that he's not satisfied with, they're going to bring in competition. Yeah. Um, So whether that be, you know, the quarterback position, the long snapper position, um, defensive tackle, they're not done either. Where do you where do you see them going? I know we talked about this in the Malcolm Ray podcast, but Mm -hmm. where do you see them like honing in on targets the rest (laughs) of the way?
0: uh tight end it's a clear need everyone knows it I, I think fans media the coaching staff clearly knows it because they're, they're following a million different tight ends in the portal uh um, yeah
1: that was that was surprising for those of you who don't follow the, the portal thread uh they've recently started following about a dozen new tight ends like it's like all tight ends basically it's like tight ends and offensive linemen
0: yeah no they need uh they need a tight end bad um but uh oh I forgot to text that. I'm just looking at something now. Um but yeah, no, tight end is the the big need right now. Uh offensive line, they want to guard. They want a guard really bad. They also want a tackle. I don't know if they're gonna get both. I think guard's the bigger priority at the moment. Um, uh, because you do have Needham returning who was who was solid until he got hurt. Um just serviceable. We saw Taj White get some serviceable um snaps as well last season, so you hope one of these guys develops a tackle. Um we've seen Dante Chin play some tackle in the past. Um I'm trying to think who else. I'm missing someone. What's um, Dominic Rivera? Uh, Taj um, White. Taj White, Dominic Rivera, Tyron Needham. So you have some dudes there that could play tackle next year if need be. But I think well, it's also tough because the O line's always going to be overpaid. Like we said it last year, there was a G5, average G5 guy that got paid like Buckers reached out, got paid 600K. And it's like, yeah. all right, well, let's see you. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Willie Tyler got paid like three times somehow. I don't know how, but like God bless him. Yeah, so it, he ended up in year. his
1: best situation
0: of his career in his final season. So yeah, in the uh, shitty ACC. So <laughs> yeah, well, but they
1: made it to a conference championship as, and he was the starter. He had that one uh, viral clip of him, you know, doing jumping jacks on the field. The one oh, play, remember that? Yeah, forgot about uh, that as a distraction.
0: Yeah, um, definitely uh, interesting to say the least. But uh, yeah, I mean it. I, those are the two or i should say three if you count the other offensive line position but uh it's going to be t- tight end and offensive line and that's that's pretty much it i mean i think you'll you you can look in the portal and peek and see like hey like, is there like a another defensive tackle that wants to come on board like i think you mm-hmm. look at the very least yeah. but i do think they're done there for the most part um defensive end they're defense they're pretty much done um minus oh i forgot cornerback i would probably look into a cornerback Mm-hmm. Um, because you do have Bo Maskell who's probably going to be cornerback three next year. But I, I'd i also, pre- if I'm Rutgers personally, I prefer a veteran presence back there, someone that I could just throw in for some serious snaps here and there. Or like, what if Rodgers gets toasted one game and it's like, oh, shit. Like, you're going to throw yeah, Bo Maskell, yep. a second-year freshman out there? It's risky, probably but not. I mean, yeah. yeah. So I would probably just try to get some more depth at corner. Um, so tight end, offensive line, offensive line, cornerback. Probably those are probably four priorities right now.
1: So do you see them taking
0: visitors this upcoming weekend and we'll kind of know who they are in the the, the near term? I think they definitely will. Um, I, I think it'd be a little insane not to host any portal visitors. Um, yeah, I yeah. think we'll definitely see a tight end on campus. That is their major priority right now. I think they're definitely pushing for linemen. I just think those guys are a little bit harder to land. Like I said before, these guys are getting paid shit tons of money for... Yep just being average being mid like that's that's it like so we'll see all
1: right well that's all we got um i want to thank you all for listening once again rich you got anything else you wanted to hit on before we head out
0: um two things number one uh byu's roster doesn't list long snappers they list them as deep snappers i don't like that that's just weird and kind of cringy so i kind of hope they get that fixed or something that's just it's weird um yeah. yeah very odd uh, number two, um, Indiana tomorrow night. Um, uh, stay safe because it's supposed to be some really bad flooding. I think they already declared a state emergency for tomorrow. Uh, it sounds like there's some speculation based on the people I know in the area that work there that they're getting warnings about the river overflowing and whatever cresting or whatever they call it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely, if you're gonna go to that game tomorrow, it's definitely gonna be interesting to see what happens in terms of the weather. But uh. Yeah, let's, let's see if Rutgers basketball can bounce back because it has been a rough uh, week, 10 days, whatever it was. So, yeah, we'll see what happens.
1: Yes, stay safe out there. Um, be a bummer if the the crowd wasn't great for tomorrow night's game, given that, you know, it's, it's I'll say it at this point. It's a rivalry game. Rutgers and Indiana okay. are rivals on the hard court, the hardwood at least. Um so excited about that game, and Rutgers really needs it to break out of this slump, and Indiana needs it just as bad. So, two desperate teams will be matching up tomorrow at Jersey Mike's, and hopefully, Rutgers is able to uh, pull out
0: the dub. Got one more thing, because only because I someone asked me on the boards already, the portal's closed. So, anyone that's like worrying about if they're going to like transfer to Minnesota, because that's what someone asked me, they're not transferring currently. Number one, number two, I don't think Rutgers is losing any sleep over anyone going to Minnesota. Um, I'd be, I'll, everyone's spoils to rockers. Just put it like that.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, that's good to know. It's reassuring. Um, I'm sure we'll have another pod uh, this week to go over the Indiana game, and I'm sure that there'll be more recruiting news. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, but stay tuned to your podcast feed, stay tuned to the boards. I want to thank you all again for listening. This has been another edition of the Airport Podcast. I'm Sunday.